One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Just a note before we get going, this is split into two parts that drop at the same time. So if you listen to part one, dive straight into part two afterwards. Hello, I'm Russell Kane and welcome to Man Baggage. This is the space where I get men together, or boys as women like to brand them, and we try and drill down to how men's brains work. Do they really work that differently to women's? Is it conditioning? Have we got a societal problem? Have we got an epidemic of toxic masculinity? Or do we just like Sambuca and wanking? Any of those could be true. I'm here to try and find out what's going on. And today I'm joined by a legend in his own right. Not only is DJ Majestic or Madge, as I'm going to refer to him for the next 40 minutes or so, a legendary DJ. He does all of Tyson Fury's ring walk music, played to about 90,000 in an arena. So he's not, you're, you're not just like dropping tunes at weddings, Madge. You're absolutely <laughs> smashing it. Well, yeah. It's, Welcome. Thank you. It's a lovely intro, uh, Russell. Um, yeah, uh, obviously Tyson stuff, and, and you mentioned 90,000 at Wembley. I've just flown back from Ibiza. I was playing Ibiza Rocks yesterday with, oh, with no Becky way. Hill. So, yeah, I got in about 2 o'clock this morning, and my manager was like, are you going to be all right to do the podcast? I said, listen, it's for Russell. I'm there. It's a great oh, subject. Sh- and <laughs> no I, was actually, I was actually listening to the last episode on the way home as well about uh, about sport. I'm really impressed that yeah. you, you, you've done this. You should be more impressed that I was at Ibiza Rocks just a week ago. I know, I saw your, they I, the, I saw your they stories. They showed me the VIP rope. I was like, you can keep that. And I was straight into the, ma- into the main crowd getting molested. Oh, it was fun. Uh, well, listen, it'd be the easiest thing in the world for me to sit here with Madge and talk about today's subject and how men process it, particularly given the jobs the pair of us have. But there would be a temptation to drift into sexist generalisations or saying, well, you know what women are like, and we can't have that. So I'm joined by a female auditor, a strong female presence, to call bullshit on any lazy stereotypes or dodgy statistics that I throw out there, mansplaining, as I'm wont to do. And it's none other than Lindsay Kane, wife of me, who will be helping us out today. How are you, Lindsay? You okay? I'm very good, I'm very good. You all right? I'm glad to hear it. Yeah, yeah, not bad. (laughs) Whatever. I'm just hearing noise. So today we're talking about today we're talking about rejection. And I'm worried about talking about this subject because there's so much medical evidence about how rejection has a bad effect on your body that the fact I'm alive and hosting this podcast <laughs> negates all medical evidence. As a stand-up, if you're not ready to be rejected with a bottle of piss in the face and told you're a load of old shit by every channel five times a week, 
Don't get into stand-up. No. You need to be rejected about a million times a week to get that one million and one job. Don't get me wrong, that one million and one job may send man to the Maldives and back. <laughs> but you've got to be able to take it. Rejection. The dismissing or refusing of a proposal, idea, etc. I'm going straight in, Madge. Do you think men handle rejection differently to women? Well, I love that you called me up for the rejection one. <laughs> the, <laughs> the number one reject. Uh, do men handle it differently? Yeah, because again, like everything, what men do, it all becomes very insular with us, doesn't it? It all becomes within. It's something that we, we take in and absorb like, like the sponges that we are. And this is why, you know, mental health has always been a massive taboo with men because everything we carry is a burden on our own, it seems. Obviously, I think it's getting a lot better and we're talking about things today we wouldn't have been doing this 30 years ago. But, yeah, I think when you, being a man, when you get rejected, it's like, right, stiff up a lip, stand up again. Yeah, so what? You know, it goes down to the basics of even back in the day when you're getting rejected by a girl that you liked or something at school, she rejects you all of a sudden. She was a lesbian anyway. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like the, the yeah. stupid <laughs> reply that comes out. Three of mine genuinely turned out to be lesbians, to be fair. Did you turn them? No, they, they gen- <laughs> I think they... they Preferred lesbianism to dating me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think I think straight away when we get rejected, we we put on a facade. Uh, we don't go, oh god, you know that's something I really wanted. I'm I'm really feeling it, and we don't process it. We we react and attack almost sometimes when we get rejected. Oh, it's their fault. You know, fuck it. I didn't want to do it anyway. Lindsay, would you agree with that? I don't know, you know, I would probably slightly disagree, but maybe it's because I'm living with Ross, who, you know, he's, I wouldn't say he's really good at rejection, but I think in his job, naturally, he's... <laughs> I'm he's literally be- professional at it. Yeah, you know, I've but, turned professional about 10 years yeah, at rejection. But, but that's the thing, and I think, <laughs> I think women probably, I'm not saying all women, and I say I, with age, have gotten better with rejection, but I think women tend to maybe take it a little bit more personal, I think, but I'd, I would say that men would tend to take rejection better than a woman. Well, how are you at handling rejection then, Linz? Do you think you're good at it or not? If you go for something, go for a job, go for an opportunity, go for a bloke. Yeah, I I think so. I I think probably a lot of what females tend to do is... so, So I had something recently where... I was basically sort of had an opportunity, said, you know, so far out of my comfort zone, I'm going to go for it, push myself, you know, uh, said yes to it. And then it was like, okay, yeah, we want to introduce you and blah, blah, blah. And then, and then it went, the phone lines went quiet and I'm like, hmm, this doesn't, I've been in like, I know how Russell's world works. Like maybe, you know, anyway, it turns out that they, they'd gone with somebody else. And it was like, I'm not taking that personally because at the, at the end of the day, it's just I wasn't the right fit at that time. I think a lot of it comes down to timing as well. But I think, um, I think, yeah, I didn't, I didn't really take it personally because it was just, oh, they had someone that was more willing to do other stuff than I was. So I, you know, it's just one of those things. So I wonder, Madge, if, if it might be that you know when you handle, if you handle rejection badly and act out and go, that was fucking mine. I mean, at the time of speaking, it's not really rejection, but. You know, Anthony Joshua just lost a boxing match, okay? So you could say his talent was rejected by the judges because it was quite um, a controversial points-based decision that he clearly thought he was in with a shout. So it was a sort of rejection. And then he threw his towel down, went out of the ring, came back into the ring, bitching, effing and blinding. Now, I've gone online a couple of days later and gone, everyone needs to chill the fuck out. Yeah. It's like, last time I checked... 
that the ability to handle rejection and loss wasn't correlated with how much you're earning. In fact, the more high profile and the more you're earning, the more likely your toys are to come out of your pram because you're under more pressure. Stop trying to yeah. say, oh, the geezer was earning tens of million. But I tell you what was interesting from my point of view, Madge, it's I think the behaviour of not handling rejection is seen as a feminine trait. I think it's seen as girly and feminine for me to go, oh, I didn't get the part. Oh, Channel 4 didn't choose me. And that's why men hold it in. Absolutely. And it's a great thing that you brought up, Anthony, there, because I think in a lot of situations with rejection, and just to go back to what Lindsay was saying, I think what we're talking about is professional rejection. And I've learned of how to handle that now over my career. And I think in any kind of, especially kind of this world and, and kind of any anything that's within the entertainment business or creative arts, like you end up learning how to go, okay, it's not personal, it's business, and you can differentiate the two. And I think there's there's so many different levels of rejection, whether it's, you know, friendships, love, you know, workplaces, they're all different types of rejection. And with Anthony, as you said, that man, do you know what? Joshua boxed brilliantly. That was the best I've seen Anthony Joshua fight in a very long time, and he still wasn't able to beat this guy that's in front of him. So that feeling of I've given my all and you still don't want me. Yeah. I was, as I said, it's not rejection, yeah. but I still don't get... It sort what of I've, is, though, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. It, it went, because it went down to a judge's decision mm. and then he sort of, you could see in his head, he switched to, and you all fucking hate me as well. Well, listen, man, I come from... <laughs> and when he said, I come from Watford, I thought, mate, the geezer's from the Ukraine. You've overstepped the market. <laughs> I don't think Vladimir Putin's approaching Watford and going, I've got my limits. I cannot <laughs> do this. It's still tough. <laughs> <laughs> I will never go but down you know the Watford I mean? High Street. You saw, you saw his brain switch to that male rejection pathway that every man has. And when it gets triggered, it's fucking dangerous. Oh, absolutely. I've had it in friendship groups before as well, like where, you know, I think, especially with being in a position that I'm in and, and it seems like I can open a door for someone or, you know, play a tune for someone on the radio. And if it doesn't happen and there's some form of rejection there, then all of a sudden the attack comes when they yeah. don't get yeah. the outcome that they want. And that's the yeah. other thing that I always try and explain to people. I'm like, you know, especially in the industries that we're talking about, you know, you're going to get your heart broken on a daily basis. If you're not prepared for that, then don't get involved because it is literally rejection after rejection. And you just have to always remind yourself, like you said, Lindsay, timing wasn't right. I wasn't the right person at the particular time. Doesn't mean that's going to be the case forever. But I think that's something that comes with age and experience and multiple rejections. Rejections, yeah, 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 yeah. That you end up learning. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I tell you, so I'm studying at the moment for another project, uh, David Bowie, who is not my cup of tea musically, but I'm having to study him for this uh, project. And I didn't realise how much shit the guy made before Ground Control said hello to Major Tom. I mean, about seven albums of absolute drivel, (laughs) singing about gnomes. He made four albums that didn't enter the charts. Everyone was like, what a load of old shit. He sort of missed it. Punk came. He fucked it up and was rejected and told he was shit for nearly a decade. So what I'm saying is, isn't there some sort of money-earning superpower in being really good at rejection? Because if you can hang in enough and even be told you'll fuck all a hundred times, I see it. And when I'm studying these people in this other series I'm making, it's the hundred and first time is when they start making coin, not the first time. There is no X-factor spot in real life for most people. Yeah, but can I just say, you know, like with with social media, it's like we now live in a world where overnight success is like normal. You know, I see people all the time going, oh, I'm just going to launch a podcast. And it's like, I don't think they realise how difficult it is to actually launch a podcast, get people to come and listen. It's it's not as easy as people think. And I think, you know, we're normalising overnight success and I think that's having a knock-on effect that oh well they're doing it and then I tried to do it but it didn't work for me and it must be you know I feel shit but when it doesn't work don't you think social media makes it easier to be publicly rejected or even just uh makes rejection easier per se I mean if someone starts on a talent show or if a new actor comes out or a new DJ puts a set on Instagram or a comedian tries something it's lightning speed for everyone going nah but also the, the other side of it, though, Russell, is you have it all the time where you, you've got people contacting you going, um, hi, can you tell me how to become a stand up? <laughs> and they want they want what they want is Russell to go, why don't you come and open for me? And, you know, yes. where, where actually they've not gone through the the, the it, of being rejected a thousand yeah, times. Yeah. And, and that's the key thing, I think, in, in especially in the comedy world is people would look in any at, world no but in it, any but, world no in any world builder barrister yeah. teacher if yes. you don't go through the failures how are you going to get strong yeah. people don't see that the rejection is a necessary part of the acceptance once you make that flip in your head it's like a frigging superpower isn't it yeah. absolutely i i can testify from this because at the moment i'm on a bit of a weight loss journey and you know over the last sort of 10 years i put on a lot of weight uh, i was always skinny as a kid and from touring and, and different things and whatever else, I put on a lot of weight. And then I understood it, as you said, this little flip in my brain of, okay, this is why I've been getting this wrong. If I apply my attitude that I've had to my career to this, I'm going to succeed. It's because it's not overnight. It's a long-term process. It took me a long-term time to put on the weight. So it's going to take me a long time to lose the weight. So in my mind, I'm like, right, it's going to be a long process, but I'm going to celebrate every small goal. There's going to be rejection on the way and the hurdles, my own mind rejecting myself and going, no, you can't do this, give up. And, and that's what it's like in, in all walks of life. It's like you have to be prepared 
for the journey. And on that journey, there's going to be rejection after rejection after rejection. And as you said, it makes you stronger because you, you just go, well, look, they've rejected me once, I'll go again. It's not a problem. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. When yeah. you can get back up again, it's everything. And I think that's how you start to learn to cope with it. As you said about yeah. David Bowie, you know, like four or five albums deep before any chart success. I The first time I ever got paid to do anything musically, I was 17, I'm 35 now. Last year, I had my biggest record, like after 17 years of working, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. That's the first time I had a platinum record that went around the world. And it's like... As you say, it's like someone's message you, how did you do it? I'm like, well, do you want a 20-year <laughs> yeah. manual, as, as you said, Lindsay, of yeah. leaving my sister's wedding at night because yeah. I had to go and do a gig, missing out on going to Thailand with the boys because I was broke, being homeless at one point, literally because I couldn't afford to pay rent. Oh, I better move to Greece. I'll go and DJ in the summer there because I can't afford to live here. People don't see none of that on that journey. And I think, as you said, we're normalising overnight success and the, the, the speed of the social networks now are incredible. TikTok being insane. I, I'm doing a gig on for Freshers. And obviously, you know, they love a mix up with Freshers. They've got the DJ and then now they've got TikTokers. So there's one particular TikToker, Cal the Dragon. Bless him. He's, he's smashing. He's got loads of numbers in that. But it's clearly like almost like the, 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 the crowd are, are laughing at him. It's not a very nice thing that I'm, I'm looking no, really. at. And, and, and again, but people are just like, oh, it's numbers. And it's just like, mm. the, 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 the lad's going to sing Desposito by like Justin Bieber on a stage. Like, he does, he's not a singer. He's just there because yeah. he's there. And this is what we're normalising to kids. And the, the rejection that they will face eventually that's when it comes... Was, yeah. That's what I wanted to ask you, Madge. That's the crucial question. Do you think the social media flip side also makes the rejection? Like, you could get one thing wrong or say one thing wrong in an interview or drop one tester mix on TikTok or something or try and do a tune just playing around that goes viral for the wrong reasons and your kill could be severely damaged at least overnight. What about, what about its ability to not just build up TikTokers, but to reject things twice as fast? But go back to your point of Anthony Joshua, before everyone got their brains in check, went, hang about, this geezer's just been beaten for 12 rounds. His head, he was, he was clearly punch drunk. We're trying to rip him down. It's getting yeah. worse. This idea of, oh, we'll build him up, build him up. And now we go for the jugular and rip him down. It's been happening ever since the days of Paul Gascoigne. He was our glory yeah, guy. Yeah. You know, I love Gaza. And, and you... You now know what the press did to him and stuff like that. You can understand why he's in the position that he's in now. And I think, like, especially with the social media, if one of them people who are the TikTokers that they supported in the beginning does one thing wrong, all of them will be like, yeah, cancel him, cancel them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, it, it, and it's crazy, that, that culture that we live in now. And it, that's, that's scary because that rejection there, some people won't come back from that. No. I, th I think the other issue is, is like, you know, like with everyone, everyone's trying to go viral with things that, you know, you've got these little kids putting stuff up and they're really deep down hoping that it will go viral. The issue that you've got there is the bridge between, OK, so, so they're, they're not doing anything on numbers wise. And then one day they've got millions of followers. That's a weird gap because there's, it's like an instant fame type of thing, isn't it? That they've not they've not grown gradually to become accustomed to and I think that would be a difficult mentally do you know what I mean do you know what I'm trying to say like it's a difficult thing to go from nothing to everything it's like putting weight on a bar yeah you can't go if you go overnight to having a massive bicep you're gonna have big muscles but you're gonna get injured pretty quick because you won't have the core strength to lift that weight 
That's yeah. what too much success without being tempered with enough rejection. That's the place it will put you in anywhere. It's like faking your exam results to get to Oxford. You'll get to Oxford, <laughs> but you won't survive. Yeah. It, it doesn't need to be about showbiz, this conversation. You can fake your personality to make a girl fall in love with you. The relationship will not work. Sooner yeah. or later, Gary, you know, she's going to know you're Gary Lager that likes Millwall and slamming doors. So you might <laughs> yeah. as well just tell her who you are. It's the, you've got to show the flaws and experience the flaws and go through the dips to get to the good bit. Any relationship, whether it's vocational or otherwise, is, is like that. Do you think men are less likely to pursue romantic connections these days for fear of rejection? Or do you think it's the same as it always was, Natch? Oh, the dynamic of that's completely changed, isn't it? Because of stuff to do, again, we we hark back to social media and online and everything being online and this this facade. And I hear the young lads, you know, I've got a couple of 21-year-olds who work for me, you know, up-and-coming DJs. And um, although they're, they're really nice lads and they're quite switched on and they've got old souls, but, you know, their peer groups, how they talk about sort of approaching women and dropping game like it, it, so go on what do they what say is dropping what, is, what game? do you mean dropping, well this is again back to like is that where you put pheasant you where you put a pheasant <laughs> at the foot of a woman yeah, dropping game <laughs> i drop you a game my, my liege here's some venison now will you suck my dick <laughs> yeah and it's just about again dropping game is no different to putting on the facade and pretending you're somebody else again we're seeing this this i call it the love island culture it's just yeah. this filtered 10 out of 10 what colour is your Bugatti? Like that, you know, this yeah. is... And the young kids are all... That's by a bit of a rude first question. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Does the interior match the paint job? Uh, Can I see your Bugatti dog? Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. There's there's the hybrid uh, the hybrid accent as well that, that, that exists now. Um, and, yeah. and yeah, it's, you know, pursuing a romantic connection like once upon a time. Again, even that was a... You know, uh, it, back in my day in, in like in North London, it's like, you know, someone's grafting for someone, you know, of, of the period of time. You're, you're, you're courting, you know, like my wife, I've been with her for 18, 19 years we've, since we were kids. Aww. And like, you know, I courted her over a period of time. You know, it wasn't yeah. instant. I didn't slide in her DMs and then yeah. there's a connection. It was, we knew each other from 14 and then eventually got together at 17, you know. So, I, I, and now it is literally like, I'm going to slide in the DMs. I'm going to drop game. I'm going to... And the way that we are pursuing like romantic connections is very different, especially the younger generation, as I say. And again, their dealing with rejection is that facade, as I say, is going on the attack. Oh, she was dead anyway. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. rather than just taking it themselves and going, oh, she went really into me, that it will get forced onto the other, other person. That said, Madge, you know, Lindsay, I mean, girls aren't exactly great with dealing with romantic rejection, are they? I mean, I don't know many women. They go, I'm just going to approach a guy. What have I got to lose? And he goes, no, I don't fancy you. And she's like, I'm fine with that. No, that's five days indoors watching Bridget Jones with a dildo <laughs> sobbing, isn't it? I, th I think, like, so I had, before <laughs> Ross, I had, I was in a relationship and um, he basically had another uh, secret life and a secret lover and all that. And he went off and got married and, and yeah. <laughs> um, and at the time, it was all crossing over. He'd been with this bird for a long time and I didn't know. Everyone everyone knew around me, but anyway... Um, we found, I was finding out stories. I'd, I'd sort of heal and get better and get over it. And then I'd find something else out. And then that would sort of bring me down again. Um, but that taught me so much. And I would never go, I would never change anything because 
that really uh, from that my mindset change was like do you know what I'm I'm the next person I'm with I'm going to make sure that I'm going to do everything opposite to what I would usually do I'm not going to wait for them to phone me I'm not going to wait for them to ask me out or make contacts I'm just going to just going to go out there and that's the, the mind where I was a few months after we split up and then yeah I, I met Ross and then I was just like I was phoning you wasn't I just like oh hi just I just thought I'm just gonna give it a go but how many women could actually handle it if they were like yeah I'm gonna change the way I'm gonna approach the next guy and he was like no I don't fancy you but also how many women are genuinely going up to guys and approaching them this is like that's why I yeah, think but- the romantic thing is more on the male we're gonna get more of that rejection than women in general yeah yeah, but the thing is, for me, is like men. the girl that he got with was stunning. Like she was beautiful. So I was like, oh, what is it about her that that I didn't have? And so for a period of time, I did really go through that. But then afterwards, it's like actually, it's, it wasn't about me. It was him because you know, I, I I I don't take that personally anymore. I think it's a parent's job for to 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 make sure the children are aware that this is what's actually going to happen along the way. I think there's a lot of parents now that life's perfect. We can't have any negativity. We can't say no. And I think that's what's going to fuck the kids up more. I think like for for our little girl, I constantly tell her like like she she lost um an award at school and she took it really bad. You know, daddy's got these awards or whatever and I was like, but you know, but daddy's probably gone for loads of promotions or awards or whatever in his time and he's he's lost 99% of them but he's he's won like 1% of it I said it's you're not going to win every time and and I tried to sort of you know from such a young age try and show that inner I think that's a parent's job really to sort of teach them that you're not going to win everything there's always going to be someone with more than you that are better than you they put in more work than you more graft and you know ultimately they're better at the other end so I think that you know it's a parent's job but what you're saying, Lindsay, is bang, bang on. And I think that's why schools are doing the kids a disservice by doing sports days where there's no winners. Oh, you see, this, I, yeah, I don't get this. I'm sorry. Even from an early age, you need to know that you're not going to win every time and you might come third or fourth. But what age? I'll tell you where there's disagreement, Madge, is I agree with what you're both saying, but there is not agreement about what age. So, for example, some people would say, yes, I agree with you, but why do kids have to learn that at five or six years old when their brains are still got like quite a lot of baby mush in there? Why can't they start learning it at nine or 10 or 11 or 12? Isn't it going a bit too hardcore to go into kindergarten and go, loser, <laughs> to, uh, uh, you know, when they, when they literally, you know, they're only just fucking out of nappies. You can go too far with this stuff. I, I think eight years old, for me, feels like a good entry point to start teaching harsh realities. I mean, in Finland, they don't even send kids to school till they're seven. They've got the best educational and mental health outcomes in Europe. Yeah, true. I don't know. I, I, I see, I'm competitive, so I'm probably the wrong person to ask. Like, Same I want to win, Lynn. you know. So I'm just like, She's you know, shouting you, at you, the sperm, going, win. "Only one sperm can win. Get your skates on." <laughs> you win or lose. There's no in between. You know, you you lost. You didn't try hard enough. You know. I'm just, yeah, I'm a nightmare. Okay, guys, don't take it personally, but we are going to take a break there. That's the end of part one. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com 